Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Show, the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions. And now, the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio. Here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. Um, Today we have a very interesting guest. We are talking about religion, actually, and we're talking about what it is, what's theology, what is it for all of us, not just one group. My guest is Arthur Yabelberg. He has a 40-year career as an educator, including the head of the Tucson Hebrew Academy and the Dean of Students at Sir Mansa Mayer International School in Singapore. He's a renowned educator and author. Today we're talking about his book, A Theology for the Rest of Us, which is a straightforward approach to fundamental questions which are the basis of religion, spirituality, and philosophy. And we're talking about how he draws upon traditions of the East, such as Taoism, Buddhism, and Hinduism, in addition to those of the West, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, to see what we can make sense of in our world today. Welcome, Arthur. Well, thank you for having me. Yeah. So um, let's talk about why you decided to write this book. Um. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's a very fair question. I, I'm, I'm not sure why. I mean, there's a part of me that hopes I wanted to write this book because coming to these kinds of answers and that whole process was very important to me for my entire life, but it was humbling to, <laughs> to prepare the manuscript and have everything I've thought about for my entire life come out to like 49 pages, <laughs> which was mm-hmm. less than a page a year. So... Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I do know that people have these kinds of questions and feel intimidated because they, you know, they don't have the right background or they haven't read enough and other people are so, you know, overpowering in their charisma that they don't know what to think. I wanted to let them know that, you know, I'm nothing special and if I can do it, so can they. But there is a doubt in my mind that, uh, yeah, Arthur, you wrote this book because you like to talk, like most teachers. So I hope it's it's probably a mixture of the two, hmm. hopefully more of the wanting to help and less of the narcissist. Well, I know, you know, in your book and your background, you know, you've studied Judaism. Uh, you studied it at, uh, at Yeshiva, correct? What and now the Yeshiva Seminary. A seminary. What, um, Orthodox. Okay. What made you, or what was the catalyst for having you investigate and look at all religions when you were um, really kind of immersed in one for a while? Well, first off, I I wasn't immersed. You know, growing up, I grew up in a very assimilated family. And um, my father was very much an atheist. And and my mother, who was um, from Mexico, was very, very superstitious. So if she wanted to do anything, any religion, anywhere did, <laughs> that, um, you know, would provide good luck and those kinds of things. But, you know, I, I don't want to sound pretentious or, you know, anything like that. You know, things happen not by accident. So um, initially, you know, I'd be perfectly candid. Um, you know, I had this job at the Social Security office in Miami and, 
my, so far as my mother was concerned, it was a secure job. I could have stayed there forever, you know, retired and blah, blah, blah. And then I met a girl <laughs> who was very interested religiously in Judaism. And, um, well, if she was interested religiously, then I was interested religiously. And I started learning little by little. And the next thing I knew, I had an opportunity to go to the Jewish Theological Seminary in New York. And, um, and I went, you know, and one thing led to another. And I always had questions. Well, if this is the case in this way of looking at things, what about that? And one of the nice things about the seminary is that it's very open in terms of what they call Wissenschaft, you know, this uh, worldview, this scientific worldview of, of Judaism and how they try to compromise between orthodoxy, which is very regimented in many ways, mm -hmm. and the reform, which is mostly about ethics. So mm -hmm. one thing led to another, and they would refer to different kinds of thinkers, and I kept exploring and I, I will tell you, as, as silly as it may sound, um, I started watching this TV show called Kung Fu that some of your listeners may remember with David Carradine. And I was so touched. I mean, it hit a nerve that um, I, mean, I just, you know, started listening. And also, you know, in terms of the power of the media, I saw this movie, King of Kings, where Jeffrey Hunter plays Jesus. And again, it hit, a, it hit a chord where, you know, I just had to explore further. So, again, I don't want to sound pretentious and all those kinds of things. But looking back, I just don't believe that stuff was by accident. You know, I believe mm -hmm. that, you know, the universe and people interact. And, you know, that, as the Hindus say, that which you are seeking is causing you to seek. So I do believe mm -hmm. that this is how I relate to the to the divine, however you want to understand that. Mm. So in, in your own life, do you use all of these philosophies? Do you practice one? Um, where, where are you with that? Yeah, um, I, I, I use all of these is not uh, a, a precise way to put it. I would say I treat it like a smorgasbord. I pick and choose those things that resonate with me. Uh, probably the one thing that I find that is almost universal among all the religions and practices is meditation. Mm -hmm. That you meditate, and basically what you do is you come to the source of, of what manifests itself in all these different cultures with all these different people. Carl Jung has this whole idea of the collective unconscious. And in, in, in China, the, the idea of the Tao is that the Tao underlines everything, but emanates all that we perceive. And in Judaism, in the Kabbalah, Jewish mysticism, you know, most people think, you know, Judaism believes in God, the God of the Bible, and all that kind of thing. But even in Judaism, the mystics believe that the God of the Bible is just an expression of the truly divine mystery, and what is that truly divine mystery? It's the Ein Sof. In Hebrew, Ein Sof means without end. Um, and that cannot be approached. So when Moses asks God to identify himself, all Moses can see is how God you know, acts in history. But the essence of the divine is a total mystery that cannot be 
experienced by the usual mm. way. That mystery mm. is universal in almost every religious tradition. Mm. So here's a big question around that mystery. You know, we're heading into the to the fifteenth, even more of month of a worldwide pandemic. And we're just uncertain as to what extent this vaccine is going to restore our disruptive lives. We still have people who are mourning. Um, We can't help but wonder, was this virus, this coronavirus, was it random? Was it part of a bigger plan? Is there a message in it for humanity or for me? And if I'm not affiliated with any one religion, how can I find it? What do you think, Arthur? It's a big question. And yeah, and, and, and not only is it a big question, but it may be the question. Because ultimately, as, as I start out in the book, the, the most fundamental question, and not just religious question, but the most fundamental question is, is are things by accident or are they somehow consciously intended? So when you look at the marvels of the universe, you know, the laws of gravity and, you know, all those things that are so inspirational in so many ways, the human eye and how intricate it is, all those things. Do you believe, does anybody believe, even the law of evolution, could it really have developed accidentally at random? That's the primary question. So there's no way of, you know, that's, people react to things differently. If you believe everything is at random, to me that's scientifically implausible. So if it's not at random, then in some way, shape, or form, it's intentional. But I, I, don't, see, um, I don't see pandemics or anything like that as any different than volcanic explosions or supernova or anything along those lines. Mm-hmm. This, yeah. this is all part of the, the nature of reality. You know, in Disney terms, it's like the cycle of life and all these kinds of things where you have these constant challenges. You know, today it's the pandemic, and a long time ago it was polio and smallpox. I mean, these things just keep coming up and up and up, and it's not like there's some kind of divine punishments for sin or anything along those lines. It's just the the nature of the fabric of of reality. There's this French clergyman de Chardin who asks the question, he's a paleontologist and a wonderful uh, priest, Anyway, and he almost got <laughs> excommunicated. So he asked the question, would you prefer flowers that are perfect in every way and never change, but are artificial, or would you prefer flowers that are living? Now, everybody intuitively says, well, of course, the living flowers are much, are much better. Mm-hmm. Um, living flowers live, and then they deteriorate and die. Well, pandemics and everything else that we call a catastrophe, that's what life is about. It's about life mm. and death, and you can't mm. have one without the other. Hmm. Fascinating. All right. We're going to take a break on that note. It's fascinating. Okay. And we're, we're talking today to Arthur Yellberg. His book is A Theology for the Rest of Us. And he presents a variety of coherent approaches so that you can create your own cult of your own cult of one and find what resonates for you and what doesn't. He draws on the traditions of the East as well as the West, which includes Taoism, Buddhism, Hinduism, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. And he 
you know, ask the seeker to look at all of these resources without being boxed in. It's kind of like a theological buffet. And so we're going to talk more to Arthur in the next segment about um, religion, about situations that happen, how do we explain them, about what you can do or, or how do we make sense of things when we may be an atheist or we may be agnostic, and also how does faith really, really help people to move on. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice, and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Bravehearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input too. Listen for Brave Hearts Radio, Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips offers a psychological perspective on coping with common and current life issues. This show addresses topics as varied as marital stress, insomnia, depression, raising teens, campus violence, and building self-resilience. Listen in as Dr. Phillips and her guest experts share the latest in books, findings, and information that will inform and enhance your life journey. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. What are the labels that identify us? Who are we and how do we figure out our place in the world? Do we own our narrative? If you were to create your biography today, what would it say about you? Listen for Dropping In with host Diane Dewey, the author of the award-winning memoir, Fixing the Fates. Diane and her guests will give their version of finding themselves. Find out about your authenticity by dropping in every Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. are listening to the Patricia Raskin show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to patricia at patriciaraskin.com. Now, back to the Patricia Raskin show. Hi everyone and we are back. We are talking about theology and religion. My guest is the author of A Theology for the Rest of Us. Uh, He's an educator, Arthur Yalberg. He's had a 40-year career as an educator, including the head of school of the Tucson Hebrew Academy and the dean of students at Sir Manasa Meyer International School in Singapore. He's a renowned educator and author. And we're talking about his book, A Theology for the rest of us. Welcome back, Arthur. Um, well, thank you. Arthur, what do you mean for the rest of us? 
does that mean those people that don't believe in theology or those people that do mm-hmm. or both? No, it's those people who, you know, we haven't had um, a, a divine epiphany where, you know, God has come out of the whirlwind and appeared to us. We haven't, you know, talked in tongues. Uh, you can't see me, obviously, it's on the radio, but uh, I don't have like a flowing beard or wear, mm-hmm. you know, these robes. And I don't have a Hindu accent, you know, that seems to be the rigor in, in some of these things. The rest of us are those of us who are seekers who haven't had these incredible, you know, religious experiences, and yet there's something in us that wants to seek and are kind of scared because everybody tells us we have to listen to those people who know. The priests tell us, you know, the gurus tell us, the leaders, the authorities and whatever tell us they know what's best for us, and we have to listen to them. And because they have all these degrees and all these power structures around them, you know, we're intimidated and we feel like, yeah, you know, who are we to say, to question these people? And the reality is we are as much creations of God as anybody else. And while we may not have the same credentials or the same background or the experiences, we do have the responsibility to make decisions for ourselves. That's what God wants us to do. And, you know, this divine intelligence has created us as separate individuals and not to be clones or followers of somebody else's uh, guidance. So the rest of us are all of us who are seeking, who aren't so sure we have the answers, but we want to look and, and, we're, and we're, like I say, intimidated. We, the people are, talk, are talking at us and want us to convert to whatever it is they're preaching and selling. And um, I, I want people to know, yeah, you don't have to. You know, you can think for yourself. It's perfectly all right. And if somebody like me can do it, you can do it too. I haven't had any special experience. I haven't had any kind of divine epiphany or anything like that. But I've really thought about some of this stuff and came up with some answers that works for me. And maybe they work for you. And if they don't, that's fine. Find those things that work for you. Like the Buddha says, be ye lamps unto yourself. And even Jesus says, you know, the kingdom of heaven is within you. It's not out there someplace where you have to go looking in these kinds of things. The kingdom of heaven is within you, not imparted by somebody else that you have to Mm. follow. Mm. You know, I have a question here. Do you think that people who... Um, aren't as spiritual or religious, and and I and I actually I have a, a friend who is more agnostic, and this is what I've noticed. But I'd like your opinion. Is many times people that I've encountered who are more spiritual, religious, and believe in a higher power seem to get through situations. They pray about it, and it seems to work for them. It's as though they're not doing it all themselves, right? They have another another tool, which is the higher power of God. Whereas this particular person that I've talked to who is agnostic doesn't believe in any of that, doesn't believe anybody's helping us. There's nothing higher up there. We do it or we don't do it. And I have found that without spirituality, a lot of the people I've talked to, including myself, would have had a much harder time getting through 
without that belief in that, whether it's God, higher power, whatever it is. Please comment on that, Arthur. Yeah, I, I think what, you know, you know, um, pretentious terms, you're, you're talking about existentialist angst, where if, if where basically it comes down to this idea of being alone. I think one of the things that uh, people who are agnostics and those kinds of things, if they really believe the universe is absurd, that there is no plan, there is no planner, there is no design, you know, it's all at random, that not only are they alone, but whatever they accomplish is going to disappear shortly after they die. So, you know, so what difference does it make? And everything they care about and are passionate about, it really doesn't matter. If, on the other hand, you believe there is order in the universe, then there must be some kind of intelligence that's responsible for that order. And you know what? We're, we're not alone. And I, I may not know all the answers, but, but we're not alone. A, a part of the, the power of the Christian uh, account is that Jesus is fully human as well as divine. And he suffers and he's pain and this and that and the other. You, he even dies, and not only dies, but a horrible death. But at the end of the day, he says, you know what? I get it. I know what you've been going through. I went through it myself. But at the end of the day, it's going to be okay. You are not alone. And in, in right. Hinduism, it's the same thing, but, in, but embodied in Krishna. And Krishna, you know, it's great in terms of Hinduism and Indian culture because much more colorful, <laughs> you know, all these different, like, go to a Hindu temple and, you know, you see all these colors and all these different images mm-hmm. and things like that. Yes. But they're all basically saying the same thing. You're not alone. Look at all this panoply of figures right. who are out there to help you um, and ways that you can understand. We, you know, there's this wonderful study, um, story of the Buddha. This woman comes to her him and says, um, you know, I just lost my son. Please bring him back to life. Please bring him back to life. I, I'm just miserable without him. I don't know how I can do it. So the Buddha looks at her and says, I'll tell you what, I'll bring your son back to life. If you can bring me the mustard seed of a, from a family that has never suffered such a loss. So the woman is overjoyed and she goes out and she goes from house to house confident she's going to find this mustard seed, this magical seed that's going to make everything fine and bring her son back. And little by little, she goes from place to place. And yeah, she finds out, yeah, that every family has suffered some kind of loss of unknown mind. So the Buddha never brings her son back to life, but she is still comforted by knowing that, um, you know what, I'm not alone. And by sharing mm-hmm. our grief, we can somehow mm-hmm. deal with it uh, uh, better and more effectively. Yeah. Uh, and there's such power in, in that yes. sense of sharing that we're yes. not alone. Um, that's what the agnostic or the atheist has trouble with because the, the anxiety is that everything they do and believe is, is meaningless. And, and that's a problem. Well, it's a problem because it doesn't give you hope, correct? You're not as hopeful. <laughs> Well, there is no hope. I mean, you can create whatever you create. I mean, it's like that image of the sandcastle you build on the shore. I mean, Mother Teresa has this thing, you know, you build a sandcastle on the shore, and the wave is going to wash it away, but build it anyway. Um, Yeah, for most people, that's not good enough. 
You know, I'm just, it's just not good enough. Why should I knock myself out? You know, the Epicureans had this thing. Everybody knows the thing. Eat, drink, and be merry. And, you know, everybody just stops there and assumes that it's some hedonistic, you know, go for pleasure. And nobody remembers the last part of that. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. <laughs> you know, there's no reason to knock yourself out because you're going to die anyway. Um, that it's not just no hope, it's, it's just meaningless. There's, there's, you know, people can deal with all kinds of suffering and pain if they think it's for a purpose. Yes. Well, there is no purpose, if there is no nothing, to, if it's all at random, yes. what difference does it make? Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. Very interesting, yeah. And there was an article actually uh, yesterday in the Wall Street Journal all about that, you know, all about um, suffering and grief and and very much about how what's important is is having a purpose, that we are going to suffer and there will be ups and downs. You know, it's not going to be all roses, but people who get through are ones that have purpose. Very interesting. All right, let's take a and break. And we'll, and go ahead. It can't be all roses because if we wouldn't be able to appreciate roses if, if, it, if, if it was all yeah. roses. That's all part of it. All right. We're going to take a break. My guest is Arthur Yallowberg, and his book is A Theology for the Rest of Us. Stay tuned, folks. You're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. We'll be right back. America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Want an insider's pass to everything that goes on in Hollywood? Join Summer Helene every week for Behind the Scenes. Summer Helene is known as the Duchess of Hollywood because she knows the insiders, legends, and celebs and brings the stories, the gossip, and the backstage scoop. It's the real Hollywood, though. So this program is for adults only. Behind the Scenes can be heard live every Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every week for Voices for the New Age with Juno Botan and Steve Sokolow. If you're looking for cutting-edge ways to improve your well-being as well as explore personal growth and empowerment, you won't want to miss a single episode of this show. Along with guests from different professions, such as authors, healers, and much more, you'll get an exclusive astrological forecast from Juna and wise leadership tips from Steve. Listen Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome back to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. We're here on voiceamerica.com, and I'm Patricia Raskin. And today we're talking to Arthur Yellberg, who wrote the book, A Theology for the Rest of Us. And he is an educator with a 40-year career as an educator as well. And today we're talking about this coherent approach. He really presents a variety of approaches to create your own ideas um, and find what resonates for you or not about theology and religion. Welcome back, Arthur. Let's talk about reincarnation. Yeah, you're welcome. Let's talk about reincarnation. I mean, that's, you know, certain religions believe in it, certain don't. Um, Talk about that. Yeah, well, first off, the mystical traditions in just about every religion believe in in some form of reincarnation. It's true of Judaism and Christianity as well as Hinduism that most people uh, recognize. Um, I I think part of the issue has to do with identity. And I think the easiest way to understand it is to think, uh, you know, people would look at pictures of themselves as kids. You know, you see a picture of maybe yourself as a baby or as a 5-year-old or a 15-year-old or 30-year-old or wherever, and you see something very paradoxical. There's a part of you that's the same. I mean, it's you, right? That's you as a 5-year-old and you as a 15-year-old and whatever. But obviously, you're different. You're at a different stage where your interests are different. You know, the things that appeal to you are different. Your intellectual capacity is different. So you're the same and, and at the same time different. So I think it's more helpful to think in terms of a river as identity of, of a flow at, instead of some kind of fixed identity that, that never changes. So if that's the case, if that's the case, reincarnation makes perfect sense. There's nothing, uh, because reincarnation is nothing more than going from one phase to another like a snake, you know, in the East, the snake is seen as a big example of that. Why? Because the snake sheds its skin and, uh, you know, grows a new one, and it's just not that big a deal. And I think death and reincarnation is no different than that. You, um, We go through these stages, and at any one of these stages, we, it's very difficult to imagine what the next one will be, but then there is a next one. <laughs> so when we're 50, we look back at 30 and we say, yeah, what happened, happened to that 30-year-old? What happened to that little cute little baby in the crib? Well, it's, to me, it's going to be the same when we look, you know, when we pass into a different lifetime, it'll just be a different form. It also makes sense. If, if anybody believes in the rationality of the universe, it doesn't make any sense at all for, you know, someone's, experiences to simply vaporize, to simply disappear at death. Um, it, it, and reincarnation, as opposed to those, you know, I, I simply can't accept the notion that on the basis of one lifetime, somebody's going to be judged for all eternity in heaven or hell makes absolutely no sense to me. It's totally arbitrary that some, you know, five-year-old who dies 
is going to be judged on the very same basis as some 90-year-olds who lived, you know, in the Middle Ages and all kinds of different kinds of circumstances. And that makes no sense to me at all. We, if, if we're going to believe in a, in a, in a divine intelligence that is both rational mm-hmm. and merciful, mm-hmm. it, the reincarnation has to be a gift. So, in the book, do you explore different points of view on each of these religions or theologies? And if so, um, pick one that you that speaks to you. Um, well, I, I think, it, I, I don't know that there's one that speaks to me, which is part of the, the issue. I, I think most people want to feel comfortable with in one tradition, there's a security that comes with that, and I think that, that doesn't quite work for me. What, what I do find comforting is this more mystical approach that seems to underlie all these different traditions. You know, I, it, there's something that resonates with me that sees so many similarities about this divine intelligence whether you're talking about Taoism or Islam or any of these traditions, they talk about this divine mystery in a way that really works for me. You know, I I was mentioning during the break that the power, if you look at the most inspirational texts, they're not essays. They're not these philosophical analyses with all kinds of scholarly references and things like that. They're stories. There are stories mm-hmm. about people interacting with the divine, and and the Bible, and the Gita, and Hinduism, and all these different texts are all basically accounts of these kinds of encounters. I find that so comforting to know that for so many years, for thousands of years, people have been going through the same kinds of challenges, the same kinds of questions, and you know what? It's it's okay. You don't have to know all the answers, but you do have to have faith that there are answers. At, at the end of the book of Job, you know, Job has, in the Bible had all these kinds of terrible experiences and interprets as a punishment and all these kinds of things. And at the end, he asks God, you know, what the world did I do that right. was so terrible? I mean, it can't be. And God simply appears out of the whirlwind to Job and says, um, where were you when I created the universe? Now, that's not an answer, right? That's not an answer, and yet Job is comforted. So just the fact that he is reassured that there is this, uh, this God or diet I talk about in the book, this, just the fact that there is this divine presence is enough of a comfort to Job to say, you know what, it'll be okay. It's the same thing as Jesus saying, I've been through all these horrors and the passion and all this stuff, it'll be okay. Arjuna is this Hindu warrior who's about to go into this terrible battle, and he's envisioning all the people who are going to die. And Krishna comes to him, his charioteer tells him, yeah, you're, you're right. You know, and the fact that you're feeling compassion is a sign that you're a humane, good person. But you have to fight anyway, because people die, and people have wars, and that's the nature of reality, and you go through it, and at the end of the day, it'll be okay. 
that to me, and I don't know if that works for anybody else, but that for me is extraordinarily comforting. I could look at the times when I was disappointed and frustrated and tired and depressed and all those kinds of things. And to be able to say, look, for thousands of years, people have felt just the way you have and, and have looked for answers and have looked for that sense of, you know, being rooted, and they found it. And they found it not in any, you know, doctoral degree or treatise or anything like that. They found it in a, a deeply set belief. The universe makes sense. The mm-hmm. scientific law that we are, find so powerful and so inspiring, they make sense. And if they make sense, the universe will make sense too. You know, it's funny. I, I, no, I go like anybody. I go to a doctor and I go to a mechanic or whatever, and they talk to me about what needs to be done. And I look at them and like a man, you know, I'm going to try and look like I understand what you're talking about. I have no clue, but I'm not. Mm. Well, I have confidence in my mechanic and in my, you know, doctor to do all kinds of things to my body and my car and all this stuff. And I have faith. I'm not going to have faith in whatever form the divine intelligence that was responsible for the entire universe. There, I'm not going to have faith. That makes no sense to me. So if the universe makes sense, there must be an intelligence behind that. I find that extraordinarily comforting any time I'm at that point where I say, you know what, screw this, I don't need it. Yeah, yeah, very good points. Arthur, how can people find your book? We're going to take a break and come back and do another segment, but share with people, share with us how can people find your book? Well, it's on Amazon.com as far as I, yeah, I mean, I know people have gotten it through there. I know it's on Barnes & Noble. I even, they, they asked, you know, meet the author thing at Barnes & Noble. I know they have that on their website. And, you know, I, you know, just contact MSI Press. But, you know, I'm sure where there's a will, there's a way. I made that up myself. No. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more about this, the book that Arthur has written, with this, which is A Theology for the Rest of Us. I'm going to ask him about feedback he's gotten from people who are not religious, who are religious from different faiths, and hear what, the, what, the, what, uh, what different points of view are on the content of the book, and hear a couple of more stories uh, that Arthur so beautifully shares. All right, you're listening to the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. I'm Patricia Raskin. We will be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you looking for a happy lifestyle? Now that's a crazy question, isn't it? Everyone wants to be happy. But we struggle in trying to figure out how to get there. Want help with that? Then tune in to Say Yes, Be Happy with Natalie Botros. Find out about the Bon Vivant Girl lifestyle and learn how to enjoy every aspect of life and be happy. Say Yes, Be Happy. Listen live every Tuesday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. 
From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in every week for Making Action Happen, hosted by Sarah Blackhurst and Brian McCain. The program takes you inside Action 22, a Colorado-based community outreach organization established in 1999. The show focuses on public policies, both politically driven or not, which have ongoing and immediate impact on the Colorado community and the world. It doesn't matter where you are, you can make action happen. Listen Thursdays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, and 1 p.m. Mountain Time on Voice America Variety. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to The Patricia Raskin Show. If you wish to call into our program today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That number again is 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. Now, back to The Patricia Raskin Show. Hi, everyone, and we are back. My guest today is Arthur Yavelberg. And his book is A Theology for the Rest of Us. Arthur Yavelberg has had a 40-year career as an educator, including as the head of school at the Tucson Hebrew Academy and the dean of students at Sir Manasa Mayer International School in Singapore. He is a renowned educator and author. And his book is a straightforward approach to fundamental questions that are the basis of religion, spirituality, and philosophy. He draws on traditions of the East, such as Taoism, Buddhism, and Hinduism, and traditions of the West, such as Judaism, Christianity, and Islam, to see what we can make sense of in our world today. Welcome back, Arthur. Thank you. Okay, so what responses have you gotten? What have you heard from your readers? Well, well, probably the nicest thing I've heard is that I've, you know, I've been able to take complicated topics, you know, free will and you know, theodicy and all these kinds of things, and, and put them in a way that people can understand and relate and ideally feel empowered that, you know what, they can deal with these questions uh, too and be able to, you know, make some sense out of these concepts that, that will work for them. So that, that's been very nice to, to hear. I, I've also heard that um, it, it's fair, you know, that I don't, it's not like I'm putting anybody down or anything like that or saying this is wrong or that you have to follow me or else you're going to hell or anything like that, that it's, uh, it's open and, you know, there's no judgment involved about what anybody else is doing. Here's, a, here's an option for you to consider, and maybe you can use it as a springboard for your own thinking. That's been very nice. I, I, I think a very valid uh, criticism w- was that, you know, Arthur, especially in this day and age of diversity, um, it's, it's not, there's, there's not, especially since you're coming from Arizona, there's nothing in there about Native Americans. Um, there isn't, um, unless you talk about Islam, there's, not, there's nothing really there about, say, African religious ideas and things like that. 
Uh, it's true, like right, there isn't, but um, you know, it's, it's, it, that may be another area for me to explore uh, in terms of possible avenues of inspiration. Well, one of the things I didn't reject, um, you know, there's, there's some people who are very, and you mentioned this a little bit uh, before, um, nothing gets done without hard work. You know, hard work and suffering is how things happen, and, you know, and, and I, I just don't believe that. And not only do I not believe that, but I also don't believe that that's, the, you know, the exclusive way that religious traditions teach. There are all kinds, in Judaism, there's the movement, there's the, you know, the Hinduism, there are these movements where you can serve the divine through joy. You don't have to suffer. It doesn't have to be painful. You can be very happy in what you do. And, you know, there are people or personalities that, you know, give to charity who are very wealthy and very comfortable in their own lifestyle. Uh, they're not suffering, <laughs> and yet they're doing good, and they're enjoying themselves doing mm-hmm. good, and, and they have a passion and the best for life that is admirable. So th- this notion that you have to suffer in order to accomplish anything that God wants us to suffer is, 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 is a very narrow perspective that comes out of a very narrow Protestant uh, viewpoint that is by no means uh, universal. In fact, it's very uh, narrow. There are any number of rituals in, in any number of, of religious traditions, both East and West, that are joyful. In fact, the Jewish uh, 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 holidays in Katarai, the joy of the Torah, you know, the, the happiness mm-hmm. of receiving the Torah. There are all kinds of these festivals in all these different traditions. I mean, in, there's this holiday, you know, in uh, India, Deepavali, um, uh, where it's a beautiful, beautiful thing where basically people come to this place where well, wearing white. Everybody's supposed to wear white. And what do they do? They splash each other with food uh, covering and things like that so that at the end of the time, you know, everybody's got all these different colors and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so besides being fantastic fun, this whole question of racism or, you know, elitism or rich and poor and all the rest of it makes absolutely no sense because everybody's a mess. <laughs> everybody's mm-hmm. got all the money on steroids. Right, but something you said before, I mean... Right. We don't have to suffer. However, as you said, if you only see the beauty of the rose, then you don't know anything else. So suffering will happen in our life. Right. And that's part of it. But the key is to have meaning in our life and purpose. Okay. I would qualify it differently. You know, as, uh, as they say in the East, pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Stephen Hawking's brilliant, brilliant scientist and all this. If anybody had any reason to complain and moan and whine and all, it was him. He couldn't really talk. You know, he's stuck in a wheelchair. He's got all these problems. He passed away not too long ago. And, mm-hmm. and yet, he's lived a life of joy. He loved his work. He appeared on The Simpsons. I mean, he did all kinds of wonderful things. His pain was daily, chronic, and excruciating. Mm. And yet he was able to accept it and move on and do the things that needed to be done. So pain is a part of life. 
suffering is an interpretation of what we experience. Now, Chuan Tzu is a Taoist master. His beloved wife of so many years passes away, and, you know, his friends and students are going to go to console him. And what do they do? They find him celebrating in the middle of the forest, you know, with a timbrel and making music and on dancing. And they look at him aghast, you know, what in the world are you doing? Your wife just passed away. Why aren't you grieving? And he goes, grieving? I am celebrating the fact that I was able to spend so much of my life with this mm-hmm. woman with whom I shared all of my life with. I can't be anything but grateful that it lasted as long as it did. Now, his wife's dead, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm not yeah. minimizing that's that a, or anything like yeah, that. that. How you that's interpret a, it makes a difference. That's a beautiful way to, to really phrase it. And and on that note, we're going to close. So what would you like to leave with our listeners on that beautiful positive note of looking at what you had um, rather than what you lost? Okay, well, Carl Sagan said, you know what, look at the stars in the universe, the stardust that pervades the entire universe. You are a product of that. So anytime you feel like you're not good enough or you're not smart enough or you can't and there are others who know so much more, blah, 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 you're made of the same stardust as the entire universe and everybody else throughout all of history. If you remember that, you'll never feel inferior or intimidated. You do your best and that's more than good enough. Hmm. Arthur, thank you so much for being on the program. Very insightful. Thank you so much for yeah, really appreciate it. And people, and thank you. And people can find your book on Amazon. All right, stay on the line and for a minute. Anyone wants to reach me, they can. Okay. All right, well, and you can, you can look you up, Arthur Yavelberg, Y A V E L B E R G. Okay. All right. Stay on the line for a minute. That wraps up this edition of the Patricia Raskin Positive Living Show. Um, you can find me on Facebook by going to Rat Patricia Raskin Raskin Resources. Um, you can also write to me to be on my newsletter list, and that's Patricia at PatriciaRaskin.com. I also help people put together their own podcasts, so I help people deliver their message as well as interviewing them. So if you're interested in doing a podcast, contact me. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin. Bye for now. Bye, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of The Patricia Raskin Show. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week.